As uh, we begin this morning, I want to make a public announcement from the CDC, the um, Center for Disease Control. We need to all abide by this. Uh, this is probably new news for most of you. Uh, pandemics can be stressful. The coronavirus disease, uh, COVID-19 pandemic, may be stressful for people. Fear and anxiety about a new disease uh, could happen and can be overwhelming and cause strong emotions in adults and children. Public health actions such as social distancing can make people feel isolated and lonely and can increase stress and anxiety. However, these actions are necessary to reduce the spread of COVID-19. Coping with stress in a healthy way will make you, the people you care about, and your community stronger. And so I just want to let you know, this is from the authority of the CDC, uh, the Center for Control, Disease Control, that uh, you might be experiencing a little stress. Have any of you had that over the last few months? Do you feel a little bit you know, out of sorts and things have not been going exactly according to normal? And it's all right to be honest in church. Go ahead and raise your hand a little bit. I mean, you haven't been able to do all the things you want to do. Well, uh, that might not be surprising news, but as you think about that, they, they talk about that so there's some things that might occur as we go through stressful things. Changes in sleep or eating patterns, difficulty sleeping or concentrating, worsening of chronic health problems, worsening of mental health conditions, and increased use of tobacco and alcohol and other substances. And really, if you ever look at some of the statistics we're having around our nation, this, is, uh, this has gone up in huge proportions as we think about our nation. Not only is there a direct uh, impact in people's lives physically because of the coronavirus, but there's all these unintended consequences. And so what we're going to do in the last, these, last number, these next number of weeks, we're going to do a COVID recovery. How do we recover from that which we all know, even before someone tells us, that when you have a pandemic, it's going to cause some stress, that there are going to be some things that are not normal. There's going to be some things that we need to be able to deal with and handle. You know, as you, as you look at that, I was uh, looking at another help guide, and, and this is some of the things they said in terms of how, how to deal with stress. And, and really, this morning, we're going to be talking about is anxiety recovery, how to deal with anxious thoughts, anxious, anxious experiences. And, and this is their list. Uh, I'm going to give you a different list as we look at God's Word this morning. But uh, you probably never thought about this, but if you're a little bit stressful, be kind to yourself. Anybody want to be kind to yourself? I've been working for a number of years being more kind and gentler with people, kinder and gentler, and now I just need to realize I need to be kinder to myself, all right? Be kind to yourself, maintain a routine as best as you can, take time out for activities you enjoy, get out in nature if possible, and this is the reason we're outdoors today, having a public worship service, because we want you healthy. Okay, anyway... (laughs) Find ways to exercise, avoid self-medicating, and manage media intake. And if I were to star anyone, I'd probably star that last one. You know, manage your media intake because that will add to your stress. And somehow I've I've come across a little bit um, uh, disingenuous as I've been going through these lists. That really wasn't my intent. Obviously, COVID-19 has created a lot of heartache and pain and disrupted so many things in people's lives. And, and how, how are we handling that? How are we dealing with that? And does God have anything to say to us about it? And I really believe some of these things on this list are really healthy. You, you need to get exercise. You need to out, go out there and find things to do that are fun. You need to get in some kind of routine. You need to find out what, what are the things that are uh, in your life that the buttons are being pushed, that it just raises the level of anxiety in your life. But as we think about this, we, we really believe that, that God always has 
a fuller plan, if not a better plan. And he really speaks into our lives that our lives can be filled with abundance and joy in the midst of a, a, a land and a world that's not experiencing a lot of natural joy. And, and we're going to try to see that this morning. But as, it, but as you think about that, uh, you know, the, the Bible speaks really directly to that as we think about the Bible telling us to be anxious not. And when you think about that, what does it mean to be anxious? There are two words, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, that really speak to this. In the Hebrew, it's tirade, which really has the idea of not trembling and out of control, being apprehensive, being filled with worry. In the Greek language, it's actually a word from which we almost get the word anxious in the English language. It's anesukos, which is restless, anxious, concerned, uneasy, and worrisome. And if you've ever had that experience where maybe you're going through difficult times and, and you're obviously filled with some kind of uh, anxiety, someone might come up to you and say, well, just don't worry about it. Anybody ever say that to you? You know, when you're going through difficult times, it's just, well, just don't worry about it. Just chill out. Just relax. You know, breathe deeply. Get over it. If you've ever been around me, I've told people that all the time, all right? You know? <laughs> and as you think about that, when people say that, how much does that help? I'm still trying, but I, you know, it doesn't help at all, right? Just tell, me, tell someone not to worry when they're filled with worry. But as we think about that, God not only tells us to do something, but he gives us the how-to, and he also gives us the power to do it as we deal with anxiety, as we deal with things that cause us to be filled with stress we don't seem to be handling. And so we're going to be looking at God's Word a little bit about that, and, and we're going to really take just three areas as it relates to areas we particularly feel, are often filled with anxiety. What are you anxious about? And particularly with COVID-19, and this is why we wear masks, and I had one before I came up here, and I'll put one on afterwards, and, and why we uh, try to wash our hands you know, thoroughly. And I don't know about you, but before this COVID-19 you know, pandemic, I really struggled to... to to wash my hands for 22 seconds or 25 seconds. That was just not my experience. Anyone else like that? I mean, it was a quickie for me. I put a little soap in if, if lucky, and then I'd wash them real quick, and I was gone. And, and now they're saying that's not enough. And the reason they're saying that to us, they want to make sure that we deal with the germs around us. And not only do we protect ourselves, but if we really care about people, we protect others as well. And so as we think about being anxious about various things. The one we obviously need to look at to begin with is anxious about being sick. And so we're going to look at what the Bible says about that. And, and have you noticed that there's someone fairly prominent that just got sick? You know, our, the president of, our, of the United States. And, and so we, we realize that uh, at least he got, he got tested po- positive of the COVID-19. And there, there are so many that have been tested positive that way. And we'll, we'll see how serious that becomes for him. But it's a real disease, and so we need to be careful about that. And, of course, it's not just COVID-19 that we need to be careful about. There's all kinds of things out there that can ruin our health. And what can we do about that? Well, first of all, I would just, I would just say the obvious. Follow medical advice. Now, the reason I say that, because you find that in the Bible. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23, the apostle Paul who didn't have his MD, but he, he, he knew an MD. It's like, you don't have to be smart. You just know someone that's smart. Have you ever found that out? Okay, if you're just around smart people, they make you automatically smarter if you listen to them a little bit. And if you follow what they have to say, then you can really help people. And one of Paul's best friends was Luke, and we know him as Dr. Luke. And I'm sure he threw out some things for Paul to get, a little, get uh, physically healthy as he was 
often <laughs> left for dead and beat up and all kinds of things he had to get over. But this is what he said to Timothy, Paul, and he said this, no longer drink water exclusively, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. Now, you need to understand there that uh, the Apostle Paul, he, he had been given the power of God to do quite a few, um, what's the word? It begins with the letter M. A lot of miracles, right? He, he had healed a lot of people miraculously. He, he had taken disease in various parts where he started the church, planted the church, and showed the power of God and the truth that Jesus truly was the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah that, that people had been looking for. Uh, and, uh, and, and you would have thought that he would just told Timothy, well, just uh, call nine, whatever, 1-800 number he was on, and, and I'll pray a prayer over it, and you'll get, you'll get well. But as you look at God's word, you know, healings and miracles are not a routine thing. God uses it for a purpose, as a sign to show that what he, who he is and what he says is true. And so later on in the life of the church, miracles didn't happen like that routinely. And, and so when he spoke into Timothy's life, he said before, you know, maybe you even think about talking to God about it, uh, what you ought to do is common sense, do something in a healthy way, take some medical advice. And so he probably shared something that Luke had told him, and he says, you know, don't just drink water. And let me just ask you, have you ever been in a country where they tell you not to drink water, right? Well, the reality here is that was true in that day as well. And often the reason they, they drank wine, it was tremendously diluted because drinking wine was a healthy option than just drinking water. And so he said, look, don't, don't just drink water. And the reason Timothy would do that, because at times he would take vows and stuff like that and, and wanted to demonstrate who he was. And he said, look, you need to have a healthy lifestyle if you're going to be well. And you find that in the Old Testament as well. You know, one of his prophets, Elisha, he's just told, hey, your problem is you need a little bit more sleep. You need to get eat and you need to take a rest. And so sometimes there, you need to realize that stress can affect you physically. I was reading what one particular author said. He said, you know what, anxiety, this in its normal manifestations can produce uh, physical sensations like heart palpitations, nausea, chest pain, shortness of breath, and headaches. Uh, any of you have experienced that over the last three or four months? You know, all, all those kind of things. You need to realize, you, you need to pay attention to that. Now, you don't want to be overfilled with fear and recognize that you, that you think that you have some bizarre disease, but that things affect you when you're in stress. And you need, you need to be aware of that. And you need to look at your own lifestyle. What are some things I need to do? Do I need to eat better? Do I need to make sure that I'm, I'm getting enough sleep? Am I drinking enough liquids? You know, just the simple things that will cause you to deal with sickness, and particularly anxiety. Anxiety happens. And it's nothing to laugh about, though I want to share a couple things. Uh, you know, why did the anxious guitarist quit the band? He didn't want to fret anymore. A little bit bigger groan for me, all right? Okay, I like this one. Why is the brain always anxious? It's part of the nervous system. Oh, that was got, got a worse groan, all right? Yeah, yeah we, we really don't need to laugh about anxiety and stress because it, it really affects us and it impacts us. And so as we think about it, you know, just do some common things. God... God God throughout the scripture just not only gives us truth about eternal things, but temporal things. And he wants us to be healthy and do things that, that cause us to, to live life to its fullest. So just, just take medical advice when things are going wrong. 
But also as we think about that, dealing with things that could cause you being sick and being anxious about it, is get prayer. And, and now we're going to turn to some things you're not going to hear from the CDC. You're not going to get it on some medical uh, thing you look up on Dr. Google. Uh, but, but the scripture talks about that, that we have a source of strength beyond the natural. And I'm not talking about the miraculous, but it can be miraculous. And, and here's what uh, James records for us. Get prayer. And, and I want to make a distinction here. I'm making a distinction between praying and getting prayer. It's one thing to pray about yourself, and we'll look at there's a place for that, but there's a place for other people praying for you. And this is what James 5, 14, 15 says. Is anyone among you sick? Then he, and you can say also she, must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And that probably is symbolic. Some take that as a, as a source of medicine, uh, but probably what it was is symbolic of the Holy Spirit being the one who is going to aid in the person's physical needs. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. And so there's a place when you're going through difficult times, and particularly physical things, and, and if you've tried all the other things, all the resources you can, uh, and actually it's not too early to begin this step uh, immediately, is that is that you need to ask people to pray for you. That's one of the reasons we have small groups, is this opportunity is not only to pray for the global uh, concerns in the world and even some of the things you might see on someone's prayer list, but people you know and see face-to-face, and you can pray particularly for them. And whether they're anointed with oil, and that's another step where you could call the elders, leaders of the church to come and, and pray over you, is that, that God says, look, when you're going through difficult times, particularly physically, you know, get medical advice, but, but also get prayer. But I want to share another little insight in this whole passage here because not only do we need to get medical advice, get prayers, we need to confess our sins. And this passage, right after he talks about the power of prayer, he says, James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Now, when we get sick... It's not because necessarily we have sinned before God or before other people. But what I do not want to eliminate, however, is that could be a cause. When we sin against other people and it's not reconciled, it's not brought into the light and we're harboring it in our lives, it can cause not only spiritual concerns, but it can cause physical manifestations. And it's quite possible in this particular passage where, where he's getting prayer for, an, for a person that, that the elders were called out to see. It could have been something that, was, that God wanted to heal because of just what they're going through, kind of the Job experience. But it could have been something that, that this would bring to light some things that were wrong in their life. And haven't we all experienced that on a, on a minimal level? When, when you know that you need to get something right with someone, how does that make you feel? Does it, does it make you feel healthy? Does it make you feel good? Or does it make you feel bad, right? And so we need to recognize that sometimes the things that are, that are affecting us physically are, are not just the unseen disease, but it's the unseen sin that has not been brought to light that needs to be confessed. In a few moments, we're going to be going to the communion table. And I, I've shared this little line before. As we think about you know, the COVID-19 disease, virus, if you want to call it, the COVID virus, 
you need to recognize there's a communion virus. And the communion virus is when we come face to face in our relationship with God to the true God and, and, and we harbor sin in our life. The commentary in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is that, you know, for this reason, when you come to the table in an unworthy manner, and, and none of us come in a worthy manner in the sense that we're sinless or perfect or totally righteous in our behavior. But when we come to God with a, a pride in our heart or unwillingness to acknowledge that, that what is wrong in our life needs to be made right, if there's a relationship that needs to be mended, or at least on our side as far as we can, to be at peace with all people, then God says, look, this can infect you, not just spiritually, but it can affect you physically. In fact, he says that this is the reason some of you are sick and weakly, and some have even gone further into, into just the place where you're desperate for life. So how do, we, how do we deal with anxiety, which apprehension, filled with worry, uh, trembling, being overly concerned? And what's the difference between, you know, worry uh, that's sinful and worry that's not sinful? It's, it's how far does that go? It, it, God does not want us to be unconcerned, but when does that step over and, and that we're, we're not living by faith, but we're living by fear? And he said, look at get medical advice. Get prayer, confess your sins. And then fourthly, I would say this, accept your condition. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9, we hear these words. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times, and this is the Apostle Paul, that it might leave me. And what is it that which was making him sick, all right, that which was tormenting him? And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Now, trust me, anytime I'm not feeling well, anytime something's wrong in my life or somebody else's life that's impacting me, where my life is not filled with as much joy as I want it to be because of how I'm looking or experiencing the situation, I pray that God will take it away. Anybody not want to do that when you're going through difficult times? You know, I don't mind you going through trials. I just don't prefer to go through trials, okay? You know, so, so I pray that God take, take me away from this. And, and the Apostle Paul, I mean, you don't get much better other than Jesus in the New Testament. I mean, he wrote Bible, and he, he lived the life, and God used him in amazing ways to reach people for Jesus and build them up in their faith. I mean, why, why would God use anything to somehow slow him down? And yet God allowed Satan to send a thorn in the flesh and God allowed it and continued to allow it because he didn't answer that prayer. So that was going to continue. He was going to experience this probably forever until God brought him home. And what I want to say to you is that there are times when whatever you're dealing with physically, whatever your sickness is, God might not take it away. And when we do that, then we accept it by faith. Now, we never know whether he, what he might do in the future, in the near future, the far future, in our physical body, but, but he might choose not to. And we need to accept that condition, trusting that he still could do something, but if he doesn't, we can now, with our attitude and our actions, demonstrate that we know Jesus. By this, my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And, and when we deal with 
adversity, when we deal with anxiety, when we deal with things that everyone who knows our situation would worry about, and, and we deal with it in faith, people will remark, well, how, how can you go through what you're going through? And the, and the response to that is one word, it's, it's who? It's Jesus. And, and so there's a time for us to go through difficult times and allow that to be a testimony for him. What are you anxious about? Anxiety recovery. Anxious about being sick. You can also anxious about your past. Uh, many times that's what derails people as much as anything else. All the things that have gone wrong in the past, and particularly when you think about your past and you look around and you can't blame anybody or you can't blame anybody more than your, yourself, right? And, and that, just, that just devastates us. Well, what are some, what are some principles, some checkoff lists for dealing with your past? First of all, just, and these are basic but fundamental and fundamental, but often we don't go back to them when we're experiencing it. Remember God's forgiveness. Isaiah 118, there's so many great passages in the Word of God about God's forgiveness that is complete, but this is one of the ones I like. Isaiah 118, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord, which almost sounds like the person that he's speaking to uh, is, is going to have a hard time really grasping this, okay, and really understanding it and experiencing it. Let us reason together. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. And so as you look back at your past, and it could be a recent past or it could be a distant past, and there's so many regrets and Probably if you don't have any regrets, you're, you're, you're one of those lives that doesn't look, look too honestly at yourself. There are things in our past we would wish we had not done or had not been done to us. But we need to recognize that, that God's forgiveness is complete. Though we have this red mark on ourselves, he can make it white as snow. Remember there's forgiveness. Secondly, uh, re- remember uh, that you, God wants you to do something. There's one thing to do is remember, and the other thing you ought to do is forget. Forget your past. Philippians 3, 13, 14 says this, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Al- Alice was uh, typing up these notes, and I only put... Philippians 3.13 in there, and then she said, well, I think you need to add verse 14. And, and one thing to, to not be anxious in your home is don't argue with your, with your wife. So I didn't tell her to take, retype it, all right? You know, as we think about that which controls us, our past, one is we, we wonder, does God really forgive me? And then secondly, we say, okay, well, he has told me in other places, I'll remember your sin no more. But, but I, can't, I can't seem to let it go. I can't seem to get past it. And, and part of that is we, we've got to at least willfully and intentionally say, God, I want to choose not to bring it back to my mind to think about again. That's what it means to forget. I'm going to choose not to intentionally think about it again. And, and, and when that happens again, you say, no, 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 I've decided I'm not going to think or dwell upon it again. And so it's saying, like, I'm unhitching that trailer. I'm choosing not to let that follow me wherever I go. But as we all know, it's, it's, it's hard to forget. And so you, you can't just 
have your mind go blank. You've got to think about something else. And this is really what verse 14 is all about. You forget the past by intentionally saying, God, I don't want to dwell on it anymore. But I do want to think about something else and all the things you've promised for me in the future. Part of the struggle during COVID-19 or whether it's, you know, the 2020 is we keep hoping that 2020 will end and there'll be 2021, right? We're just hoping for a better future and the thought of a better future helps us deal with the present and the past, doesn't it? Well, even in a much more amazing way is the truth of scripture. It's gonna be so awesome when we go to that, place, to that place where God has prepared for us who know him, no, no matter what you've experienced here compared to whatever, it's going to be so much better in the future. And so as we think about the things that we struggle with now in the present or the past, or even if we have certain concerns about this future, th- there is a future beyond imagination that can calm our soul that can deal with the, the stress in our heart, with the palpitations, with the sweaty hands, with the things that seem to consume us. Because I have someone and something to look forward to. And just real quickly, related to dealing with your past, know that there's now no condemnation. Romans 8.1, therefore there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the things that, that's amazing when you really think of the, the sufficiency of what happened on the cross, uh, for I've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. New, the old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And, and, and as you think about it, uh, when we see God in the future and right now, he's not condemning us. All that condemnation happened at the cross. There's no condemnation. So if you're condemning yourself, you're doing something that God has said, I'm never going to do that with you now or in the future. And then as we think about wherever we are now, the present, we need to realize, believe God's not finished with me yet. And part of that, that's, that's the pain now sometimes. Not only the pain in the past, but the pain right now in the present. It seems I'm not getting any better. And recognize that's just a process. For I'm confident this very thing, that he who began a good work and you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. There's going to be a finished work in our lives. The things that, that, that mess us up and sometimes mess the people around us up, that's going to be done with me in a complete way. And, and we're on a journey. And we're on that journey. Uh, give yourself a break, all right? It's God's going to work on you, is working on you. Our challenge is just cooperate with that, that, that remake of who we are. So what do we need to deal with about celebrate, not celebrate recovery, but COVID recovery? Is that God wants to deal with the very fundamental thing, well, the anxiety level that, that seems to have been raised to an unbelievable level. And all you have to do is um, watch a political debate, Right? I mean, it's so ugly now, you can't watch a program, I mean, on, on anything important about people yelling and screaming at each other. But we as God's people can be different because that which is maybe a legitimate source of stress, we can be at peace because he lives within us. So whether you're anxious about your health, your 
anxious about being sick, anxious about your past. Sometimes you're just anxious about being anxious. Anybody been there? You know, once you, once you get into self-discovery or you know, analyzing yourself, it's like, I'm, just, I'm just anxious because I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious about everything. Well, well now we're going to deal with the, the, the you know, we talked about getting prayer, but now we need to realize that we need to pray. Probably one of the best passages on dealing with anxiety is found in Philippians 4, 6. Pray about it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's kind of a, a military perspective there where your mind that's kind of just, there's a battle going on. Your thoughts are attacking each other. So look at, when you really come to me and ask for me to take those thoughts away, I'll do that. I'll, allow, I'll substitute anxiety with peace. But as you do that, you, you need to come with me with a grateful heart. And, and you need to give, come to me with, with recognizing that there's, there's nothing too big or too little to pray about. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Adding thanksgiving to it. And, and when that happens, the peace of God will flood your soul. And there's no way to put that in a test tube. There's no way to put that you know, in, a, in a scientific model. But there's testimonies around the globe throughout history where people who have been filled with all kinds of stress and pain and challenge, anxiety around them, surrounding them, and, and yet for whatever reason, as they gave it to God, peace flooded their soul. So we pray about it and related to that, we give it. We give it to God. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Sometimes we want to hold on to our anxiety. And let's just be honest. Have you, ever, uh, have you ever held a pity party? Maybe invited people to come there and join you and people came reluctantly and other people just wouldn't show up? Because they didn't, they didn't want to, they don't want, they didn't want to participate in just complaining, complaining and, and and look at your you know pitiful soul. Now I don't want to minimize pain and, and grief and challenge, but when we go through difficult times, God says, "Look at cast it upon Him, throw it to Him, let Him deal with it." You know, I think about casting. I think about. Uh, you know, fishing, you know, throw it out there and cast it out on the water and hopefully trying to catch something. It's interesting about anxiety and, and the Hebrew people. The Hebrew people, there's a difference kind of in the Old Testament and New Testament in terms of, of how it describes God and how it, how it tries to portray truth. The Hebrew people like to think in object lessons. And, and really, when, when they would think about anxiety or filled with worry or apprehension or even fear, they said it's like a fish in the water, darting back and forth really quickly. He said, when, when, we are just, when we're just going from one thing to the next and we're out of control and we're just, we're just, our, our, we're just we're frenetic, he said, that, that's a person filled with anxiety, with worry, apprehension, and even fear. And that's where God is saying, take a deep breath, pray about it, and give it to me. So what's the point this morning? <laughs> Are you anxious? And we're not judging you because maybe you're filled with anxiety right now. There's some, so your apprehension level is a little bit higher, but, but what are you going to do about it? 
Are, are you going to hold on to it? Or are you by faith going to let it go? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who seek him. So let's be a people who don't, who don't ignore the stress that is in our life or the things that are going wrong. But in the midst of that, we come to God in faith and in prayer and cast it to him. Allow him to take all that is going on in our life and, and calm our soul and our spirit. And then trust me, these spiritual principles can't be put into practice unless you have a relationship with Jesus. Let's pray together. So I pray for each one of us here as we all go through difficult times. And there's, if we were all honest, we could tell our stories of, of stress and worry and anxiety and feeling out of control and just frenetic in terms of trying to deal with things that just don't seem to be right. And Father, what we want to do now is say, we've acknowledged it, now we want to give it to you. But before we do that, we need to surrender our lives to Jesus. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that's, that's the opposite of anxiety. That's the opposite of fear. That's the opposite of feeling out of control. Recognizing as we give our lives to Jesus, he gives us rest. And how do we do that? We admit our need. We turn from our sin. We believe that Jesus really is the promised one to come, the Messiah, the Son of God, God the Son. And then we commit our lives by saying, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me my sin. Make me a new person on the inside. I want to live for you. And whether we've done that for the very first time or whether we're saying, Lord, I'm just recommitting myself to you, help us to put our rest in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.